This is The Rest is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Vols. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Rest is PR. I am Lyle Fulton, and I'm here, as I always am, on The Rest is PR with the wonderful Jackie Vores. And in traditional fashion, Jackie, it's only right for me to ask you how you are doing this fine Friday afternoon. Oh, great. Really good. Thank you, Lyle. And you? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm very well. There's there's a bug going around, but I'm sort of coming out the other side of that. And I'm kind of, you know, I think I've managed to avoid most of that. I'm feeling pretty good. It's Friday. Hard not to feel good on a Friday mm-hmm. afternoon when we always record this podcast. And I'm very, very excited about today because we are joined, listeners, by our latest guest, the absolutely wonderful Peggy Ann Souts. Peggy, how are you this Friday? Lyle, I was just thinking myself, it's great you record on a Friday because by this point in the week, it doesn't get better, right? <laughs> it's just like, we made it. I'm out of here after this. So this is good. <laughs> absolutely right. Absolutely. Well, it's absolutely lovely to have you on, Peggy. Really, really excited to have you on the podcast today. Now, Peggy, we're going to ask you a little bit about all sorts of things on this episode of the podcast, but it's only right that I properly introduce you, Peggy, listeners. Get ready for this. Get ready for this sort of, you know, roll call of incredible positions Peggy currently <laughs> oh holds. She is. Here we go. I'm going to embarrass you, Peggy. Right, Peggy. Currently... Are my family paying you? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no comment. Uh, Peggy is the lead analyst and founder at Mobile Group. Feel free to correct me, by the way, Peggy, if I get any okay. of these wrong. Uh, but lead analyst and founder at Mobile Group, which is fantastic. And I've been sort of scouring that this week as well. Mobile analyst at VentureBeat, senior contributor at Forbes. And she's also just a content creation extraordinaire. I mean, have I got, have I missed anything out there? Peggy? I mean, there's, so there's much a couple there. of them because I'm really pleased that I'm working more and more with Pocket Gamer, particularly since Helsinki. Brilliant. So we're working on this amazing series about Mina. In fact, guess what? It's Mina month. Yeah, it is Mina month. <laughs> it is indeed. Mina is rocking it. And um, I'm excited to be a part of that as well. So a number of other things, but you don't have to mention them. All. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to link them all anyway in the podcast Love description it. i'm just gonna i sort of it'll be the first description that you've had of a podcast episode which is just a list so um, it's amazing <laughs> to have you on the podcast with all your wealth of knowledge and experience and expertise i suppose the first question i have for you peggy is how did you come to work in this space like sort of it's a very open-ended question to in start the, the podcast yeah, yeah the mobile space how did you come to work in this particular industry can you sort of talk us through the trajectory of your career so far and how you came to be working in as many sort of different spaces as you do now okay so I actually started out doing straight journalism you know so it was understanding economics politics writing about it freelancing for the Wall Street Journal Bloomberg you know the whole deal and then it was like more and more probably because the other correspondents didn't really want to do it it was like oh but who wants to do the thing about intelligent you know cars this wasn't self driving cars this was just having your phone built into the car which we then figured out you know you take your phone with you why would i have it in the car but it was you know that sort of thing and then it was more and more understanding that yes politics is an important space but technology and our interaction that is societal that is impactful that's what i want to be looking at So I made the decision, give me more and more of those tech stories. Being the woman, it was like, oh, let's see, you know, let's maybe let's see if she fails. Who knows? But in the end, I had a great time. And I also enjoy bringing the human side. I'm sure Jackie does, too. Bring the human side to technology. And I love where we are right now in the industry, because that's what we're talking about. Right. It's all about 
creative and creative testing and empathy and attracting audiences. And you get right back to the basics where I was at all the time. And I was worried because there was a period of time when I didn't understand what, um, you know, what cupcake was. Right. <laughs> but now I don't have to worry about that anymore. There's a little bit of a worry about understanding scan and HET, but an IDFA, but it's cool. And GAID and all that good stuff. But at the end of the <laughs> day, it comes back to this. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and it's true. They matter, but the bigger picture matters. How did I get started? That's that, getting me into mobile. I'll just tell you a little fun story about how I got where I am, because I'm kind of proud of the idea that I see things coming sometimes, and I'm on the money at the end. Not because I'm making bets, but because I follow sort of the, the larger picture wisdom and how I got started was actually Mobile Groove was in its very, very, very beginning in about 2007. It was actually M Search Groove because mobile search hadn't happened yet. Yeah. And I had a contract with Informa at the time, write a report about, actually, it was the other way around. Let me take that back. I was doing articles about, we're going to be searching on our phones. What do you think about that? And I was talking to companies at the time, and they're like, yeah, we don't have an awful lot to say about that. We haven't really given it any thought. We are on ringtones right now, man. That is where the money is. That is where the action is. I'm like, yeah, but when, when do we have billions of ringtones? How are we going to find them? And then it was like, yeah, you'll have to search. I'm like, that's it. Who is going to be that search engine? Is it going to be Google? There was SMS search at the time. There was something called Cha-Cha at the time, right? Anyway, I found out that nobody was thinking about it. And I said, that's it. And I went to inform, I said, guys, we need to do a research report on mobile search. And then I became like the mobile search person. I had M search groove and then M search sort of like we sort of got it. And then at some point, maybe 2010, 2012, I don't know, turned it into mobile groove. And it's been that way ever since. But I do like the idea that there's so much going on and so much evolution that there's always an interesting direction to take. It will never get old, Jackie. We will be doing this when we are rocking <laughs> and rolling literally in rocking chairs. When but we, there you go. We placed half of us in our cryogenic tanks. And... <laughs> just up to here, right? Yeah, just okay. up to here. And the brain's still going. The brain is still going. Preserved. Little things coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like the less I say here now, the better. Or I'll start to dig myself a hole. Um, but I, th I tell you what, it's really interesting point you sort of brought up there really early on first of all fantastic to sort of hear about your journey so far and I absolutely adored listening to that and how sort of it's weaved to where it's got to now an interesting question I had for you is was it the technological sort of industry the technology space was that always somewhere you knew you were headed to because of a passion you had for technology in that industry or did you as you rightly pointed out just then spot that that's where things were headed and is that something you kind of pride yourself on is kind of spotting where sort of things are growing, where things are expanding and being able to create content around that? Is that something you do? Yeah, I'm a bit of a trend watcher indirectly, <laughs> but absolutely. And I've been watching it. I was talking about retention when everyone, it was like, it was like they gave us a bunch of chips and when they sent us to Las Vegas, and it was all about UA. And yes, you do need to fill the funnel. You'd be an idiot if you didn't, right? You need to acquire users and acquire customers. But there was a time when that wasn't cool. And then I waited and waited. Here we are three years later. And I've been talking about engagement since day one. So yeah, a bit of a trend spotter there. But it's also listening to the industry. 
you're interviewing me. Well, my job is I interview about 10 of me a week and I listen to everybody. Everyone has a story. How do you kind of discern you're a good trend watcher? You have your, you don't big yourself up enough, Peggy, but you do generally see what happens way in advance. But it's a very busy industry with lots of people with all the latest, greatest ideas. How do you discern mm. what's going the right way? Or do you do you take a bit of a step back and, and let them prove it out a bit? That's a very good question. How do I discern? I think I listen and if I hear it from enough different angles and perspectives, then I start to feel that it is more fundamental than just mm. a fad, right? Mm. So I've been listening. I remember it was an article I wrote in Forbes, it must be two years ago now, about how important it was to think about performance and creatives. Full disclosure, it was also for my client, Liftoff, at the time. Mm -hmm. And I love working with Liftoff because they introduced me to so many great marketers, right? From all over, from the whole gamut. And that opened up my eyes. It was like, well, they're talking about performance creatives. What are performance creatives? What's going on here? And now we know what it is. It's a tidal wave. You mm -hmm. know, everybody wants to now automate creative testing and what are the steps i was just looking at a great article um, in my linkedin feed from feature talking about you know they're going to be telling you all the different ways and steps that you need to follow but at the end of the day i listen a lot i analyze but i listen more than i analyze I'm right. open. I'll listen to anything and then I'll make my decision. You're traveling all around the world. We were in Helsinki uh, yes. a couple of weeks ago and you were just in London and now you're back in America. But I'm actually know... based in Germany, Jackie. Are you? I, yeah, I'm based near Cologne. I'm American living here. There you go. You I'm see? study abroad that never left. <laughs> I can't keep up with you. So um, culturally, obviously, you're dealing with all of these different trends and everything else. How do you cope with working with content that's coming from all these different areas? And especially now that you're promoting Mina with Pocket Gamer, culturally, do you find sort of it, it, it's more challenging getting content from different places or is it just generally a more de democratized it's, it's wonderful watching it because it actually goes in waves so what happens is sort of starts in apac goes to the states being american i have my eye there and i have my contacts there and i have my connection so i have a con a connection to the united states then it goes your way jackie it hits europe but it goes to uk first and it stays there mm. for a while and then like two to three years later, we're mm. in Germany, yeah. continent, where, for example, I just went to a couple of uh, different events. You know, there was a time, I kid you not, I was getting a business card printed when we did have business cards and we were printing <laughs> them right now. We just do LinkedIn. I'll do your code. And I've got a box of them <laughs> that I'll never use. But I had them printed and I said, I want to put on it that I do podcasts. And he spelled it P-O-T-C-A-S-T. <laughs> And I looked at like, we're not going to do this, are we? This is not working out. So I'll go to, but it was, my point is it was foreign. Yeah. What is a podcast? <laughs> Ein podcast in Deutschland. No, now everywhere you go, anywhere, everything is podcasts. Yeah, that's true. And it's 2022 and 
last quarter of 2022 and now it's the big deal i think it sort of started earlier this year maybe a little bit earlier than that but look at that time space mm -hmm. right i've been doing mobile presence for a decade and now we've got like it's hitting germany so yes my point is that it goes around the world and mina is exciting because mina is like determined now to be a mecca literally for the gaming industry i mean 68 billion for saudi arabia right it's like the saudis are investing that king of Damn. jordan is a gamer right mm -hmm. a, a trekkie fan even uh, i think his son <laughs> so you know it's going to be great content and i'm i'm really really glad they're unlocking it and i'm really pleased to be able to shine a light on it. There's a point there, isn't there, as well? I mean, the kind of, I'm loathe to use the word stigma. And again, this is typical of this podcast. I'm going to go down a huge tangent here now, Jackie and Peggy, so I do apologize. Go for it, Lyle. But the stigma was when I was growing up, and apologies that I'm going to mention the years I was growing up in, the sort of late 90s, early 2000s, apologies. But there was kind of still a stigma then that, oh, gaming was in some way kind of other. And, you know, it was kind of, a different space and people were interested in sports or people were interested in fashion and entertainment or art or things like that all still very worthwhile hobbies and pursuits but it's huge now isn't it so huge Massive. I mean, you mentioned that the king of jordan for crying out loud mm -hmm. is a gamer 20 30 years ago that was a sort of piece of trivia you wouldn't deign to throw out into the space because it was seen as so other yeah when it came to an industry nerdy, yeah and yeah no, no i didn't want to use the word nerdy i'm glad you've used it um but yeah do you know what i mean that that was kind yeah. of the stigmatization of it and now it's oh. become this huge expanding industry and so many media platforms cover the art of gaming and the industry of gaming i mean you're really Absolutely. involved in such a hugely expanding industry and podcast is a huge part of what you do in that space as well isn't it absolutely and video lots of video linkedin live video next as, mm -hmm. as well moderating panels you know bringing people together to have those conversations but to your point because i'm also on the board of the mobile marketing association in germany where i'm chief content officer so you know shaping that content as well it's exciting to watch the intersection now because, mm -hmm. you know, you've got brands saying, how do I get in on games? And they don't just want to like have an ad. They really want to get in on it. How do I shape that conversation? How do I do something? So it's really become the other place that they need to be. And probably also accelerated as everything by the pandemic, right? We spend our time in our digital self, you know, safe spaces, I'll call it, right? And that's where we are. And if you're Gen Z, that's probably where you really are. Absolutely. So, you know, the brands are there. Companies are there. I wouldn't be surprised to see B2B in the metaverse. I really wouldn't be surprised because they would say, hey, you know, B2B buyers are people too. And they're probably gamers. So why not? So, yeah, it's it's an awesome space to be. But so is mobile and digital overall because it's all coming together. I was doing um, some judging of a, of a of mobile marketing campaigns for the uh, mobile marketing magazine over in uh, the UK. David Murphy, but David great, and John, great, 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 <laughs> great, excellent. Guys. Yeah. And the Emmas were really truly excellent. And there was one of them where it was, you know, this is a this is advertising mixed with out of home. So it's like yes, advertising on my phone out of home, totally get it. I'm looking here, I'm looking there, billboard reflects that. No, they brought in streaming audio because Gen Z is like here, right? They're not hearing us. So it was audio, out of home, digital, mobile. How cool is that? 
That so is crazy. Cool. I mean, so you how, see, these how are becoming multi-sensorial as well. Yeah, right? I mean, it's it becoming experiential. Yeah. You know? So this yeah, it's an exciting space. With, yeah. you know, even with PR, you know, we look to to engage people on multiple touch points. And, you know, PR used to be seen as just pure media relations for us talking to you like a journalist and when you were a journalist you'd have PR people phoning you up and talking to you but now those platforms have just grown the different channels are so numerous yes it's it's crazy but it's also very exciting because then you can put together different combinations so to my point you know there's no reason why you can't think of a campaign for a client and one of your one of your the coolest ones is your dead daisies I won't go down there but you know there's an article in there for me as well at some point because it's just mind-blowing where you can take that and what I'm doing in in content marketing with my clients so yes I am a journalist I'm an analyst but then I have a select roster of clients I mentioned one of them liftoff but there are others where they want to get the platform that Jackie's going to get them, you know, those placements, that attention, mm -hmm. that format. But what do they actually say when they have it? Well, Jackie's going to coach them for sure. But then I have a different perspective that sort of says, okay, what are you going to say that's actually like really going to be lasting here? Right? Yeah. What is going to be your contribution? What is going to be your voice and your personal brand, as well as your brand voice? Because they are connected you know you are the brand if you're if you are running a company if, even if you're a startup it doesn't matter in fact even more so for a startup you are the person you probably do that as well Jackie you know yes. you're talking to your clients but you're saying you're the founder you're the face yeah I always um want to get them to really think about why them what's their story mm -hmm. what's significant about them I'll never forget I was on a panel actually in Helsinki years ago with Keith Stewart and he was telling a story as a journalist that he'd been contacted by a small developer from Iceland. And he, he said, so what's your story? And the guy went, I don't really have a story. And Keith went, everybody's got a story. And he said, well, I did most of my coding in my igloo. <laughs> <laughs> that's a story. That's a great story. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, which was cool, which he said, and he was trying to explain that, you know, everybody has a story. Everyone has something that they might not think is significant at all, but is actually quite, quite revelatory or quite interesting to other people. A lot of people are very humble as well, and they, yeah. they don't bray about themselves and they don't say all the wonderful things that they've done. And it's um, our jobs, you know, on both different sides of the coin, really, Peggy, that to drag that out of them yes. and be able to give that a release. I like that idea. I like that image of just sort of being, you know, unlocking and unleashing this power, but that's what it really is. And that's very liberating also for me as well, because everyone has a story. And, and when I can see people, because I've seen them over their careers, right? And I watch them as they progress. And it's, it's really exciting because it started with a conversation perhaps with me, but that got to build this confidence and also this content that we start sharing and we think is amazing and look what it does you know it's just this knock-on effect and then it becomes self-fulfilling because that might be the next trend or the next person or the next really cool micro influencer because i like micro influencers i'm not into the big celebrities i believe <laughs> that you need to walk the talk and then people will follow absolutely right i mean i myself am an actor by trade by training a performer and so mm -hmm. i'm Certainly in the early stages of my career, I was having to 
regale my own personal story to anyone and everyone who would listen in the hope that they would give me an acting job or an audition. So I'm a big fan of like this idea of unlocking your story and sort of really elevating that story. A question I was going to have for you though is, we went sort of down the rabbit hole of how much the digital and mobile industry is expanding and growing. As Jackie rightly points out, and as we've spoken about already, where you position your message, where you get that idea out there is such a huge part of PR. I imagine it's also Mm -hmm. a huge part of marketing as well. Are you finding that the channels available to mobile businesses, mobile startups, that industry is expanding as well? You're now able to position them in a larger quantity of spaces because it is a cooler industry now. So more spaces are prepared to listen to the content you're putting out there. Is it kind of, you now have more of an arena to kind of play in. Yeah. And if you see the intersection or you see the opportunities at these connections, what what were they called? Trying to think of the great book I read, the Medici complex, it might've been, but it was the whole idea that, you know, even in civilizations in 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 societies you know it's at the fringe or the intersection that things happen they happen Mm. at the fringe you know the innovation the weirdness or they happen at the intersection where disciplines come together and that's what i see here as well so it's almost like being like a renaissance woman in a way isn't it jackie it is (laughs) it It is is. indeed and it's really um, weird seeing this new growth as well yeah. with the with web3 and with the metaverse and absolutely some of us who are around to remember the changes and i love the way you were talking about mobile search because i remember when there was no search on mobile yeah. and we didn't have the googles of this world or anything so yeah and but don't you see this kind of like similar cycles happening that happened in web 2 that are now moving into web 3 yeah I was with the Times journalist yesterday and we were discussing regulation in the metaverse and have we not learned anything from web 2 from all of the the abuse that happens on chat rooms and can we not take that learning and try to start to apply those learnings right from its nascent state in the metaverse and what are people doing about that and I genuinely sat with her and I said listen I know all the people and all the who are driving all these different metaverses I know people at the sandbox I know the people at Decentraland I haven't had that conversation with them and yet you know we should be taking those learnings from previous and I am getting somewhere here are you starting to see those cyclical things happen again from your experience and you know what what do you think from the people that are coming to you asking you to do all this analysis and prediction and all of the content that you're creating as well are you starting to see those kind of like comparisons and parallels happening it's interesting that it's going to be more gaming than the others. So I have a lot of contact with brands. Said mm. I'm on the board of the Mobile Marketing Association. Write for Forbes. Going to start writing with Campaign. I'm really excited about that oh. as well, indeed. So, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of thinking going on. Mm. But it's more along the lines of the early days of like Snapchat. It's like, well, we have to be there. You know, we have to be there. And as in everything, what does be there mean? Be there is not a strategy. And be there means be there consistently. You'll know this from what you're doing, Jackie. You know, Mm. you just don't have a concert and leave, right? You know, it means more than that. So getting their head around what that actually means and what that presence means and if there's actually a fit. I do see some experimentation, but it sort of peters out after it's like, oh, we had a million whatever do whatever at at our event 
right? How many, how many Halloween parties took place in the metaverse last year, right? Yeah. And how many will we see this year? And what will they be doing on like November 5th? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Crickets. Crickets in the metaverse. Crickets in the metaverse. That's a new one. Um, but, you know, it, it is interesting. Also, you were talking about regulation and I had a great panel and it's for pocket gamers. So you're mm. only going to get to see it on demand if you went there. Yeah. But I'm playing with the idea of taking out a few snippets anyway, because it was very cool. It was about inclusion in the metaverse. And it started out by like saying, okay, you know, we're all going to be there and we're all going to be there on our own terms. And then the conversation evolved and it became really obvious that inclusion means that you have the freedom to be there in the form you want with the voice you want, because you might not like your voice. I mean, this seemed very small, to, you know, small point to me, but, you know, I'm not in my early 20s. Guess what? And this is important because of all that research that came out about people feeling that they felt, you know, that uncomfortable and mm. they wanted to be something different. They want to reinvent themselves yeah. in the metaverse. But we'll, we'll have a presence we want. We'll have a voice we want. We'll have the form we want. What are the rules going to be and who's going to take care of that? Well, it's going to be very, very tricky because... Um, in a way, the community decides it'll be yeah. a bit of a Wikipedia thing going on as well. But I remember talking to Aga from uh, Decentraland and it's like right now we're just doing it manually on a case by case basis. But when you start getting the thing that you get in there from uh, what was it is either TikTok or I think it was TikTok, you know, here's all the ways I want to kill my girlfriend. Yeah. Right. Then we got problems. Yeah. And it's not even about that. It could be about anything. It's just, it, you know, abuse doesn't always have to be sexual. There's there's all sorts oh, of nice. discrimination and you just don't want to hear it. You don't want to have it in that world. We're building this world. We're building the rules. Let's think a little this time, but let's see what happens because yeah. we can't even take our stuff with us from one world to the other. So oh, don't let's get not even think about taking our values with us. Oh, um, don't get me started on interoperability. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. I mean, you're so right there because it's a hugely important responsibility we have as people who work in the mobile and digital space, whether it be from a content creation side, whether it be from a marketing side, whether it be from a communication side, or whether it be you're you know, actually coding the thing and creating the thing from the bottom up. We have a huge responsibility. You used a great phrase there. You wouldn't have a concert and then just leave the second you set it up. And I absolutely love, I've never heard that. I loved mm. that analogy. I love that reasoning. And it's so right, isn't it? You wouldn't create this framework, this incredible thing that we're able to be whoever we want to be in, you know, within it and then sort of not really embrace what that is you just kind of leave it there to kind of almost swallow itself whole I mean what's what's your involvement and how do you see your involvement moving forward we spoke before we went live didn't we about how it's easy to be retrospective on podcasts and things like this but actually we'd rather talk about the now and yeah, moving forward yeah. how do you see it kind of expanding and increasing and how can we kind of safeguard that how can we be the gatekeepers of this new digital world we've we've all been a part of yeah would we be doing this peggy in five years time actually in a metaverse room possibly would we be yeah. doing this with our avatars and um you know having having this whole discussion with other people just running in and out of the room when they want to absolutely and it brings me back you know forward and back right i remember having a discussion in the early days of second life about the same oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> are we going to have a meeting in Second Life? I remember the discussion. It was like, are we going to meet as a company in Second Life? 
And I remember having a great discussion with a UX expert and she was like, she's trying to figure out how are we going to click on files in, in, in second life? You know, how are we going to organize information in second life? Cause it was like, if we have a business and it's there, how does it function? But it's exciting. This going backwards, going forwards. If you're talking about going forwards, what I'm thinking is that Jackie and I are probably women on a mission here because it's all going to work when we educate. It seriously is. That's going to sound so like, you know, kumbaya and all that stuff. <laughs> but seriously, if we can educate, you know, a lot of people, they don't even, what do you mean? They don't even, we haven't explained to them properly what it mm. is. It's not their fault. They don't get it. We have not explained it. We haven't made it clear, you know, web three metaverse, crypto, NFT. It just sounds like weird stuff that you see on a Super Bowl commercial, right? We haven't really gotten to the point. No. There aren't these really interesting case studies. We have one with the dead days. You know, what is possible? What is, what is really possible? How do you pragmatically approach building a presence and a voice and an experience there? We need examples. We need education. And we need to stop being so stuck on ourselves. <laughs> really, truly. I mean, you just people just go, on, I'm I'm doing this in the web three. And it's like, well, define it, right? Don't just throw it out there. And also some trust, trust building, trust, trust, trust. There's too much like uh, I was talking to people unnamed that I met in Helsinki. And it was like, oh, you know, we're going to do this with NFTs. And we're going to do that with NFTs. And we're going to do this with the money. And people get nervous. When you think about that, you know, money's disappearing anyway. You don't need to make it virtual. <laughs> I hear that. You know, we have enough problems about, you know, worrying about what's going up and down. And it just sounded a little weird, you know, and you have to you have to put that into perspective and be human about it. So Jackie and I, from our various perspectives and our positions in the industry, got a lot of work to do. I mean, when my I, grandmother can understand what we're talking about. We have done our job. That's so true. Well, yes. I mean, you and I both spend a lot of time going and talking um, to people, trying to spread the word, trying to educate the message. I think um, one of the things that's very different about the mobile games industry and the way that's grown up, because it's still very youthful, it's still very young. And it, it was like the video games and the console games, younger brother this little scratty brother that wasn't really that important for many years and then all of a sudden it overtook the big brother and started this huge industry that was really bigger than video um, console gaming bigger than pc gaming suddenly mobile gaming was just because of its accessibility yeah. because of its ease because of free to play which is a whole other thing but interestingly, with the, with this all this growth and everything else, my big fear is that it becomes less collaborative, less community driven, and much more competitive. And that's when the barriers come up to education, and that's when the barriers mm. come up to regulation because of capitalism, because of the you want to hold on to what you've got that we, yeah that we yeah. live in and even to that point when you were talking about that i was thinking back in the day and you'll remember it jackie and i'm sure you'll laugh with me that you know there were probably a number of games companies and ua managers that needed to have a lie down after <laughs> the data came out that like 45 percent of players were women over the age of 40 it was like <laughs> 
no, no. And I remember that moment. And it's really, it's these dynamics. It's this bigger than itself. So yes, it is evolving. And yes, we are focused on a very specific demographic. And you know, if we just the- open up our aperture here and see it differently, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot more there. Sure there is still that perception that prevails, which really shocks me, that gamers are just these teenage nerdy boys in their bedrooms. There's still that perception amongst brands. I know we're breaking it down. Yeah. But it's still there. And there's still also this perception that games are bad, games keeping, you know, children away from their worldly, wonderful experiences of, you know, breathing fresh air and playing sports and the evils of games and everything else, which brings me on to another point is that just recently I've noticed that Mark Zuckerberg is advertising meta everywhere. But the message in those adverts isn't about meta and what Meta's doing. It's about the metaverse and what the metaverse could do. Do you feel that it's incumbent on everybody still to not only talk about their products or talk about their industries, but also talk about the thing itself rather than just about them in it and what they're doing in it? Mm. Do you think it's still incumbent upon us to keep that, that, you know, the education going about what is the gaming industry? Why is it significant? What? could the metaverse be doing? Because I'm certainly sort of looking at a lot of the Web3 educated companies trying to educate people a little bit more as to why they're doing what they're doing. But even to that point, Jackie, you know, it is the case in other verticals that customer education is a way to create and keep a share of the market. You know, it goes back to things like Seth Godin. If it's if it's frequent and familiar, we will trust it. The more I interact with something, the more familiar it is, the more I trust. And I keep that as like, again, one of these overarching concepts that comes down to everything, not just what he was writing about, which was permission marketing at the time, mm-hmm. but everything. So if a company would step up and try to explain this in a way that Meta is doing, but even better because there you have such a a tight and it's very intertwined with brand and you know what is going on here it's a different type of mm-hmm. message but other companies you know by education you become a steward you have a different position it's like you are a company but mm-hmm. you're also sort of watching our back you're going to educate us you're going to empower us you know and as a result, that's that's what much thought leadership is about. You know, if you want to look at certain stats or certain things, you look at certain companies. Um, I won't name them all, but I mean, there are some that are doing a really great job. I mean, I remember back in the day, if you want to know anything at all about smart cities, it was IBM smart cities. They had a yeah. microsite for it. There were all sorts of cool things. There were stories that had nothing to do with IBM and great thought leaders and, and cool people from the MIT Media Lab on their website, right? Why can't we do something like that about the metaverse? Why can't a consortium of companies, a consortium companies say, let's educate together. You're the platform, you're the software, you might be the game, you know, let's just because do it. Because you haven't done it yet, Peggy, that's why. Well, I'm going to get the clients together to do it, damn it. <laughs> you, you should and probably will. That's what we need. And I know who I want as the steward to this thing. <laughs> She's on this podcast right now. That's, oh. that's all I'm saying. I mean... 
I have a really interesting, this is great, by the way. As ever, we've talked about nothing I plan to talk about, and it's been better <laughs> than anything I plan to talk about. So I'm really, really. I didn't lying. even look at your prep doc. Uh, yeah. I'm just figure out. <laughs> Oh, it'll be my good. heart my It'll beating be heart i know no. you went to trouble of writing things and i just like glanced said okay that's good it's the most <laughs> honestly and I've, i don't mind broadcasting this on the podcast it's the most nervous i've been to send a document to anybody because i was like that's so much stuff what if I, I told wrong? him i told him the sort of prep that you do <laughs> peggy because one of the things on this prep on this podcast <laughs> that is one of my key educated messages is preparedness is key. Absolutely. You must prepare. We've called it the wrong thing. There's no such thing as over-preparation. The rest is preparedness is what it should be called. But <laughs> something I was going to ask I color-coded, is... Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, honestly, Jackie, you weren't party to this. There was a back and forth between me and Peggy. It was sort of dossiers of like files of <laughs> color-coded. It was pretty, no, joking aside, what I was going to ask you is this. You mentioned a bit earlier this idea of trust. Now, and you brilliantly spoke about the idea of mobile searching. Years and years ago, there was even a sort of a stigma, and I'm using that word a lot today, but a stigma around this idea that how far does this go before it becomes dangerous and something unsafe? And all of a sudden you fast forward 10 years and we wouldn't be without it. What does that word mean? Oh, I'll just check on my phone. Which was never, mm. you'd, you'd never ever dream of that being a thing. How have you had to adapt as someone who works in the marketing space and obviously your CCO position as well? How have you had to adapt your writing style? How have you had to adapt when it comes to how you work with your clients when it comes to marketing? So that it's not simply a, this is the thing we advertise, buy it now, purchase it now, consuming it now. And it's now more a information tool. You need to kind of alert everyone to the ups, the downs, the inner workings of what it is you're putting out there. The very broad question is, how has marketing had to change with the speed at which everything is advancing technologically? It's actually much cooler now than it was when I started <laughs> out, I have to say. Because when I started out, it was a little bit like Mad Men, not quite, but very, very close. It was like, let's find, and I never really went in for that, but it was like, oh, let's find the spin. You know, we've got a new X and we need to tell people about it. And it was like, and I'm a journalist, so I see it from both sides. And it's like, you know, it literally, let's treat them like fish. Let's just feed them some things, you know, and now it's interaction, it's real, it's consistent, it never stops. You are always marketing, but in a good way, because you are marketing, you know, literally your profile is aligned with pipelines. So if you get them both right, you're doing really, really well on two levels. So what I'm doing with my clients more and more is making certain that when they have an opportunity to speak when they've got your attention. They have something memorable and real to say. And not just them, you know, it's about the impact. So show me the stories with your customers. Show me what you've been doing, but then also reflect that in your personal brand. So I'm working with companies, but I'm also now increasingly also working with the founders, working with the people there to say, you are also the story. So we need to do videos with you and we need to do shorts and you know and all the formats the beauty of this is i used to write so much i thought well this is kind of interesting but it's you know it's writing writing is still amazing because you can get along all the ideas you'd never get across in another format but what i love about it and probably what you're enjoying jackie is it's everything right you know you do three interviews you have a playbook you do 10 interviews you have an ebook 
we're doing video right now and audio, which means you have your video and your audio, all of these, you can cut them up multiple, multiple ways. So what happens is you become an orchestrator of channels, which is exciting. You know, a bit of this for LinkedIn, a bit of that for another. Here's the blog. Here's the medium. Here's the website blog. Oh, you know, wow. here's the, the five things you need to do and the 10 things you should avoid. And it's all from the same content and all from the same people. So you're basically looking at channels, marketing channels, yeah. like an orchestra, like you're the conductor of an orchestra. So yeah. you're bringing in the, the flutes there or the wind section there, or you're bringing in the strings over here. And, but, but everything is consistent. Yes. That music is consistent and flowing all the time. I love that metaphor. Well, it That's makes it amazing. exciting then, Jackie, you know, because it's not just writing. I mean, I have to say that I have a number of shows now and I'm just getting ready to launch another one. In fact, I'm recording it today. I'm so excited. So excited. It's going to be Mobile Explorers is the name. And it's with it's powered by Digital Turbine. And then we're talking about the guys at Digital Turbine. They're cool. They're, great. they're yeah. very cool. And they came up with this. We came up with it together. But the interest is what makes it. It's different. And you know it yourself. It's different if you're like sort of dragging your client saying, this is good for you. It's going to be fun. You know, it's going to be <laughs> impactful. Believe me. And it's another if it's like, hey, I've got this great idea and we can do the voiceover here and we can do the animation there. And it's going to be interesting because it's also looking at what really makes it possible for apps to succeed or punch above their weight. Yeah. And it's about things like brand. Remember brand? Who yeah. ever talked about brand? And now mm. we're talking probably to games companies want to build brand. Everyone wants to build brand. Why do they want to build brand? Because they need to leave they, an impact exactly. and be memorable beyond the install, beyond that UA campaign. And you know as well, you have to see someone's name 20 times anyway before it registers. So that's what it's about. And it's exciting because now you can do it multiple channels all the time. People and their stories never stops. We'll be doing this forever. We will. We will. We will, we will indeed. The There's no end to it. And that's what's so cool <laughs> about it. What's the most exciting? Um, this is a difficult one because you're gonna I'm I'm gonna make oh, you choose no. from okay. a client or from somebody you've worked with over a span of time. What's the most exciting journey that you've seen a client go through? Bearing in oh. mind all those changes and those different touch points or that orchestra. A go through. And make a choice, huh? I'd have to say top of the two, right? Because I've got one that isn't a journey, but it's very, very cool. Yeah. So one is definitely lift off with the Mobile Heroes program because I've been, I think I'm going on seven years now and been able to be sort of a companion to that on the journey because, and I just did an interview actually with Dennis Mink for another client. This oh, goes I really weird. Dennis Mink. Yeah. Um, for another client with my co-host and there he talks about it because that program is so genius, yeah. right? It's shining a light on your customers and their stories and helping them with their personal brand, which guess what? is exactly what everybody wants to be doing now, but it's hard to build. So if you started now, mm. you got a little bit of a runway time there. Yeah, run time. So that would have to be one because I've watched it evolve That's and it is now a community. Yeah. yeah. And they are tight knit. The heroes are a clan, right? They're a tribe. Too cool. Too cool. Um, and tons of fun as well. And real people who love to share. So mm. I like that. Another one I'd have to say is I did a very just short sort of thing, really just 
being a journalist and collecting insights for a point of view. And I did that for Autodesk. And it was actually five years ago because someone wrote about it in LinkedIn. It's like, can you believe we did this five years ago and how far ahead of our time were we? And it was about co-creating with AI. And what was that going to look like? Five years ago. Five years ago. And it was so wow. cool and so extremely relevant now. But that was for me an eye-opening experience because after that, and I was like in a room with different, you know, deans of engineering at HBR and Caltech and, and what have you. And at the same time, you know, the head of design from Nike, I'm, I'm not going to name the names because I can't remember them all, but I'm going to have it because it brought it back to me. I said, that's it. I have to do a post about this. I have to recall this for the world. Mickey McManus, the father of trillions, if you've ever read that book, you know, yeah. the whole idea that there's going to be trillions of sensors. And this is like, I don't know, a decade ago, right? So all of these people talking about this. And I was so excited because we went through the whole day and then it went back to, well, how are we going to create the skills that we are going to need to work with AI, to co-create with AI, because AI is going to sit on your shoulder. It's going to be like, I've got this great idea. Listen to me. Mm. And how do you do that? How do you partner with that? How do you get the most out of that? And then we talked literally the whole day, two days. We came to the conclusion that we're going to have to work at evolving our soft skills, understanding, empathy, thinking outside the box. AI will do what you tell it to, but is it going to think outside the box? No, you're going to have to help it out. So in a way that was also long story short, that was a great experience because it helped me evolve. So one is watching the client evolve yeah. and the other is being impacted by the client to have a completely different worldview when I leave. That's crazy. And I think that's going to be even more relevant as we move further into Web3. I was doing a talk um, at the, the iKnowledge Forum in Cartagena last week, and I was talking to industry about what the metaverse and Web3 will mean for industry and B2B applications, because there aren't that many of them yet. There probably aren't any proper applications yet. There are a few people developing applications. Interesting. But yeah, and, and, and AI, I see as part of that group of technologies that you need to use holistically as you look into the future. And you're so right. Five years ago, you were talking about how we use AI properly and the skill sets that we need to apply yeah. to, to, to using that technology. And it's very similar in the metaverse and all these things that are coming, coming around, coming our way. But um, isn't it yeah. lovely, Jackie, that the skill set is right back to us as people. So we yeah. still have a role to play and to shape. I find that so inspiring because yeah. there are a lot of people like, oh, when AI comes, I'm not going to have a job and all the rest of it. And it's like, no, 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 no. Granted, some won't. But those who sort of, you know, you either embrace it or you're going to be, you know, you either take charge of change or you're going to be run over by it. <laughs> You know, and some, of the, some of the metaphors coming out in this episode, I am absolutely <laughs> living for. I've got so many now in my armory that I can go and use. We have probably t-shirt mottos, is what I'd like exactly. to think about. Yeah. When when the rest is PR, eventually Prince t-shirts. Exactly. It goes all back be... to swag. It goes all back to it's swag. All back to stash, to swag. We love it. I mean, what I was gonna say as well, and Peggy, you you'll know this from experience of having worked on podcasts, which you're gonna get onto in a minute. I love when I can just kind of go bum, 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 and then I just learn so much by listening to yourself and Jackie talking. I mean, I, even in this last sort of 45 minutes or so, I've learned so much about how it's been that long. Oh my god, we are uh, way gosh, over the level. Really no, no, no. 
hey, absolutely, I would happily go on for two, okay. three hours. All yeah, right, but... but remember the goldfish rule. You know, we we have that drummed into our head, Jackie, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Nothing over eight seconds because the goldfish can't handle it. <laughs> so. And we and we certainly however, not. However, Peggy, this is completely going off off piece. <laughs> but there's there's been a bit of research just come out that shows that fish do have not haven't got those eight second brains they really do have good memory and recall and i've been saying this for ages about my goldfish wow. and about my koi in my pond they know when i'm coming they know my footsteps they can oh you have to koi top. too how cool I is that do. i love my koi oh lovely the entire foundation of what mobile fast-paced marketing <laughs> in the 21st century is built on has just fallen through the floor based on the piece of research yes. you just illuminated the our fish listeners are to. smarter than we are i knew it i knew it the fish have smart. memories what are we gonna do it's not two hours long <laughs> before we do bring this absolutely sensational episode to an end it's been an absolute pleasure to have you with us here Peggy. i've learned so much and just listening to you speak about the variety of spaces you work oh, in it's just well, been so you. illuminating it's been really really brilliant it's such a privilege to to listen to you and to have you on this episode um tell, talk to us about podcasts uh talk to us about the podcasts mm. you're involved in um been a sort of cross promotion that's sort of <laughs> typical okay. we're big fans of authentic promo here uh, yeah, be authentic right. but just promote those podcasts like you've <laughs> I will never indeed. done before okay so i have mobile presence that i've done as i said for a decade before it was cool in fact i had one client once who said why are you doing podcasts no one listens to them I'm like <laughs> that was that was about that was about you know eight years ago that'll show you what kind of you know i was gonna say shit for brains but But anyway (laughs) i did say that podcast so there's mobile presence which is divided into two so one is totally mine and i just and at this time in my life jackie i can do whatever i want and i can have whomever i want and i do do that it's just like you're interesting you're coming over here it's not, they don't pay. I don't care. Just have some fun. Then I have another, which is the sponsored side of that. So it's bi-weekly. And the other is sponsored by one of my clients, Clever Chap. And we talk about engagement and retention and growth through retention, because guess what? That matters. Mobile Heroes Uncensored is one I co-host, which is also video and a podcast and great stuff because it really is uncensored. In fact, um, some of it's been quite quite amazing, and uh, one of our one of our guests, Drew Frost, yes, Drew, uh, didn't just tell us about marketing, but also told us about his favorite sauce recipes. So I mean, it goes goes in all directions. Nice. That was one of his favorites. Anyway, and we had one who brewed his own beer. Uh, little <laughs> little little hat tip out there. High five to Jason Conger, who is now at a different company, and I just forgot it, so I won't go there. But um, those are two. Then there's going to be mobile explorers kicking off as we speak and probably a few others in there. I've got my own, which I'm sort of cultivating, which is the groove. So I take Mm -hmm. the video from the podcast because iHeartRadio is like, well, you know, what do we want to do with the video? And it's like, well, I won't waste it. Mm. I'll put it on the groove. So I take my podcast. If you don't want to listen to them there, then you'll consume them on YouTube and, uh, some other clients sure to come. I've been getting some inbound, interestingly enough, that uh, just can't say no to. Like, for example, yeah. the area of recommendation. Always been a fan of recommendation. Yeah. I always thought recommendation is, you know, it crushes it. You know, take your collaborator filtering, your he who likes that likes that. But recommendation is the power, right? Yeah. How are you going to engage me? Because you're going to actually suggest something useful. So AI is coming in there. Going to be mm-hmm. very cool. 
Very cool. Another one of my trends. I was I was at the first recommendation engine conference trend. in 2007. And people were like, do you think this is going to take off? Is it just going to be Amazon? It's like, hell no, it's mm -hmm. coming. Mm -hmm. So that's one for you, Lyle. There you go. I mean, you guys have got great sort of buzzwords and catchphrases. You've got recommendations. We've got preparedness. My catchphrase is just hello, everyone. At the beginning of the podcast <laughs> it's really boring. I've got a really boring catchphrase. Hello, everyone. That's all I say. That's my no, buzzword. You, you've, no, your your word is quantum. You use quantum in every single podcast except for today. I've been counting them. You and in, use quantum today. And in the quantum <laughs> of this series. Here we go. Episode. Here we go. Yeah, and another one is Segway. I do love yeah, Segway. You do like a bit I of segue. super love Segway. <laughs> it sounds sort of... so wormhole like <laughs> in the quantum of things. Okay. Yeah. For those for those of you listening to the podcast, Peggy has just done the uh, Spock hand gesture, which I can't do. Uh, I am incapable of doing. And I'm very, very jealous. Final question I have for you before I uh, promote all of those things one final time on this episode of the podcast. What part of the orchestra is a podcast? Hmm. Ooh. The wind, question. hasn't it? Section, brass section <laughs> the wind the hot air <laughs> i love it jack listeners jack, this is an example a hypothetical situation of jackie watching an orchestra live the wind is great anyone anyone else? Great. anyone else love the wind the wind in this orchestra is fantastic thanks jackie yeah really love that well i mean i, th I think i agree all right, let's go. Let's go wind section. Let's go woodwind section. That's what it is. Isn't there it? we go. Woodwind. Fantastic. Bring well, it up a level. <laughs> <laughs> Peggy, thank you so, so much for coming on this episode of The Rest is PR. We're going to link, listeners, all of those podcasts in the episode description of this particular episode of the podcast. And also feel free to head on over to any website links that we put down in the description as well to sort of check those things out. The Groove, by the way. I just think is an epic name for a podcast. So I will definitely be checking out the group. Thank you. And I think you guys should too. Um, but Peggy, honestly, it's been absolutely fantastic to have you on this week. Thank you so much for being a part of our brand new series. As ever, listeners, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, and I'm going to do my T's and C's now, Jackie, here we go, deep breath. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, then you can email info at demozo.com or you can email info at therestispr.com. And that is also our website. Head on over to therestispr.com to see the latest episodes, see any news that's coming up, to sort of read a little bit about what we do on the podcast. And if you want to hear about what Demozo is up to with Jackie and the team, then head over to demozo.com to see what they've been getting up to in the wonderful world of PR. Jackie, same again next week? Absolutely. That's my catchphrase too, right? So again, next <laughs> yeah. week, Jackie, should we do it next week? Yeah, it's been fantastic. And Peggy, once again, you have been Yeah, thank you, Peggy. It's thank been wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I'll probably see you in the MENA world. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Jordan. Maybe Jordan. Jordan. How about Jordan? Jordan? I'm not doing Jordan. I think I'm going to Riyadh. Oh, that's the cool one. Isn't that where they're going to go out in the dune buggies? Yeah. Out oh. the dune buggies into the desert. You go. Oh, they're, man. They're I'm jealous now. They're going to Jordan now. and Riyadh and... <laughs> Helsinki and I'll be here <laughs> making this content for you listeners put in the yards in to make That's sure it. this goes out That's it. and we hope to see you next week listeners, on another fantastic episode of The Rest is PR from Jackie myself Goodbye. and the wonderful Peggy it's bye for now bye